Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this college football episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. We are looking at week one in review, breaking down some just bonkers games that we had from Florida State, LSU, uh, Utah versus uh, Florida. We had Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oregon versus Georgia. We had and, and literally so many other games that I, you know, we're going to forget to talk about. Um, but uh, and then we're going to look ahead to, to week two of the college football uh, season with some really premier matchups, Alabama versus Texas, Baylor BYU, which is going to be a really sneaky uh, game, USC versus Stanford. We get, you know, Stanford, who's uh, uh, a consistent Pac-12 contender against USC, who's the upstart right now with the new head coach and quarterback. And then we get Tennessee versus Pitt, which very well may end up being a, a, a New Year's Six bowl game rematch at some point, depending on how the cards break out. But let's go ahead and let's take a look at week one in review. So many crazy games, um, you know, that we talked about across the board. But let's start with uh, we've already talked about Nebraska Northwestern before. And and there's no reason to talk about Nebraska versus North Dakota because it's North Dakota. But we uh, me and Mitch got to see our team, the Wisconsin Badgers, take the field for the first time in a 38 to zero drubbing against the Illinois State Redbirds. Uh, Mitch, what were your thoughts on just the Wisconsin win against Illinois State there? Yeah, nothing surprising from score or game result-wise. Um, of course, the biggest thing that we were going to look for is how did the offense look uh, under Graham Mertz in his third year and the new offense coordinator, Bobby Ingram. And I thought it looked a lot better, a lot cleaner. Um, I kept telling Brady, like, while watching that game, like, no matter what, the tight end was always open for that check down, like, over the middle. And it, it's a, it was a really nice wrinkle. I thought Mertz looked really good when he was playing within – the system and making those kind of passes. I thought he was making some better decisions. Braylon Allen is a monster, uh, you know, breaking the rushing record for the longest touchdown. Um, Two records. So, yeah, broken. I thought longest the offense... touch, longest touchdown in Wisconsin history, longest interception return in Wisconsin history in the same game. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I think obviously it's against Illinois state. So you got to take with a grain of salt, but I feel like the offense did uh, what it should have done against a lesser opponent and how it looks. So um, I'm very happy of uh, the performance the Badgers did. Yeah, I, I, my biggest thing coming out of the Wisconsin game in general was I wasn't super happy with the passing defense. Um, and I'm not super happy with the offensive line giving up three sacks. With that being said, they spread the ball around really well. The issue with college football is that any sort of quarterback run out of the pocket or a sack counts as a rush. So there's rushing stats are always a little skewed, but it, it wasn't an exact two to one rush to pass ratio, which we've seen out of Wisconsin for so many years. And it wasn't uh, Wisconsin wasn't afraid to throw the ball on second down and to do it, to get rhythm, um, not necessarily to just take a shot downfield or to pick up two or three easy yards, but to, you know, not be afraid to take a seven to 12 yard strike, um, you know, in order to pick up an easy first down when the coverage was given to you. So I really liked what I saw. Um, the halfback duo of Allen and Melissi uh, looks like it's it's going to be really solid. And Graham Mertz, for the first time in a while, just looked comfortable back there uh, throwing the football around. Um, but let's, let's hop on over. Let's stay in the Big Ten, and let's talk about Notre Dame. What's up? Did you not want my thoughts on the Wisconsin Illinois? No, we don't want your Illinois State. I didn't. I figured. I genuinely figured you hadn't watched it. If you have thoughts on it, feel free to share. I just figured you hadn't watched it. Well, you're right. I didn't watch it, but I I mean, because I I was watching. Well, I was watching another game because I mean, you guys talk about Nebraska football when even I though I know you didn't watch the game. um, I watch every Nebraska football. No, like 
Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Even when you're supposed to be watching a different game? I go back and forth. Okay. Okay. Um, Like, yeah, what the guy said uh, did exactly what they were supposed to. Um, Some... I will to stop the circle jerk. I will bring up some some stats. Not like Illinois State did good things, but Wisconsin yeah. needs to work on some stuff. Absolutely. Uh, four of nine on third down. Not a good stat. Sorry, um, is that Illinois State's offense or Wisconsin's offense? Wisconsin's offense went gotcha. four for nine on third down. Gotcha. Uh, that's not a good stat. Um, he didn't throw any exceptions. That's a good stat. Um, if you he they averaged six yards per rush. Um, and Braylon Allen specifically averaged 10 yards per rush but if you take out the 96 yards run it was only four yards per rush uh on 13 carries um they had some times that they stalled um but i mean again this was a lot cleaner this was a lot better of a team a better offensive performance and defense played the way that they were supposed to um I, it's going to be interesting to see how this offense though goes up against um other teams going throughout the season like uh who do you guys play next washington week? state uh, uh washington, washington state. state how does uh, yeah how does your offense compare to washington state's offense which is much more high octane um how's it going to play against ohio state um things like that uh it's it's going to be interesting but much cleaner and something that you actually i'd much rather get 14 for 16 from graham mertz in a touchdown than um what he had been playing with the stats he'd been putting out the last two seasons for sure. No, absolutely. And to counter one of Skyler's points, if you take away the negative carries, Wisconsin averaged over 7.3 yards per carry. So uh, we'll move on to <laughs> Ohio State versus Notre Dame, a top five showdown, number two versus number five in the shoe. Um, Ohio State's only lost one home game uh, in like what, 30 plus some appearances or something. That was Oregon mm-hmm. last year. Uh, but start of the Marcus Freeman era. Kicks off with a bang, a 21 to 10 win by Ohio State. Notre Dame had the lead at halftime, 10 to 7. Um, and we saw just some, I think, some solid things out of the Notre Dame offense, but it completely spiraled out in the in the second half. 72 total yards, no points. Meanwhile, Ohio State, just simply speaking, was not afraid to pound the rock. 172 rushing yards on 35 carries, um, uh, little, you know, almost six more minutes of time of possession. So we'll start again off with Mitch. Uh, Mitch, any thoughts on Ohio State versus Notre Dame? Um, yeah, I know. I know there's some people that give Ohio State shit. Like, wow, you could only score was it 21 points against Notre Dame, and it should have been bigger disparity and all that kind of stuff. And I get that. Uh, but Notre Dame always comes in with a really solid defense, and Marcus Freeman showing that um, with him being a head coach, there's going to be no. Uh, uh, say fall off from where they've been years past with that defense I thought uh, they did a really good job just uh, obviously the offense um, and it doesn't help that Jackson Smith and Njigba gets hurt uh, within the game so that's probably another reason for it but I think the you know backups did a really good job um, Mayan Williams the backup running back looked really good and probably would be starting for the hundred other uh college football teams if we didn't have to play behind Travion Henderson. Um, I think the wide receivers really stepped up for uh, Sith and Jigmas uh, in his absence. And I think Ohio State looked like uh, who they everybody thought they were going to be coming into this uh, season. Uh, I just have a little bit questions about the secondary, but I mean, hey, it's Jim Knowles' first game. So, of course, there's going to be some rough patches just coming in with the defense. 
Okay, what are your thoughts on him? Um, I mean, I think when you look at we, we like we were talking about Jim Knowles, the defense, how's that gonna look? Um, and again, Ohio was Notre Dame is not like ever been known as an explosive offense team, except for probably when, um, actually, no, I can't think of an explosive offensive team in Notre Dame in the last at least 10 or 15 years. Um, like you had Kyron Williams that was known for breaking out long runs, but stuff like that, but they're much more, uh, uh, run the ball down your throat play action kind of team. Um, third three for 13 from, uh, defensive efficiency, uh, 76 rushing yards, only 2.5 yards per carry. I think that that's really good things for Ohio state. If I was them though, I would have wanted more turnovers. Um, Ohio state needs to cut down on the penalties, seven penalties for 75 yards. Um, and just kind of looking at it, though, I mean, Jim Knowles' defense definitely had an effect. You hold a team to 10 points only and only only 76 yards in the second half. Um, but I will be one of those directors. Ohio State needed to score more points. Like, this is like you score most of your points in the second half, and this is supposed to be from one of the most vaunted – like, this is supposed to be from the most vaunted offense this year. Like, all of the hype this entire season was coming in on how good this Ohio State offense was going to be. They were a 16-point spread favorite against a top-five team. Um, and I know that a lot of that was used as bulletin board material by Notre Dame to like, hey, nobody thinks we're going to win this game. We're going to get blown out. And so, yeah, Notre Dame had a little bit more extra chip on your shoulder. But, like, this is Ohio State. If this team is expecting to compete for national championships, they need to live up to expectations when it comes to their offense, especially in the shoe where they've only lost once in the last, what, 30 games? Like, yeah, I mean, prior prior to the loss to Oregon last year, the last time I remembered Ohio State losing at home was to Virginia Tech, and that was the, that was the year after Jim Trestles left and the year before Urban Meyer took over. Urban Meyer, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you – like, that is – Ohio State needs to dominate and so like because that's the expectation the team has for itself and so it's not like oh they're not living up to the expectations that the outside no they're not living up to the expectations they have of themselves yes you beat a top five team at home you ran it down their throat you kept them from possessing the ball very much like you did a good job you won a good game but if you're expecting to beat Alabama or Clemson or any of these other top four teams and win a national championship you need to play better I mean, I, I'm. There's things I agree with you, Skyler, on, but I, I'm going to disagree. At least on the offensive side, not on I'm, the defensive side. The offensive side, they need to play better. Here's here's what I think offensively they played perfectly fine. Here's what I absolutely love. You took on a top five defense, right? Notre Dame. It, mm-hmm. We we talked about it when the rankings came out, right? Notre Dame probably doesn't deserve to be number five. That's perfectly fair. Oregon didn't deserve to be number eleven. We know that now. But um, this was still a very very good Notre Dame football team a very very good Notre Dame defense that had their own questions what I loved out of Ohio State 34 passing attempts 223 yards 35 rushing attempts 172 yards you averaged f- almost five yards per carry um six and 6.6 yards per pass attempt not not amazing statistics but I love the consistency of it I absolutely love it unafraid to run the ball their longest carry of the day was 16 yards unafraid to run the ball and to do it effectively on top of that an offensive line who we looked at last year as being Ohio State's weakness and who there were questions about walking in here, went up against a top five defense and gave up one sack, right? You lose Jackson Smith and Jigba. C.J. Stroud, still a young guy, looking to get his feet under him, has to play perennial 
um, you know, consistent powerhouse opponent, unlike Bryce Young down in Alabama, who got uh, to get away with playing Utah State, right? I'm perfectly fine with it because 16 and a half point favorites, you still won by 11. You won by two possessions. You were down at half and Ohio State did the thing that Ohio State does better than anybody in college football, which was they made halftime adjustments. They came out and they brought pressure. Their defense got three sacks on the game. That linebacker core looks really good for the Buckeyes once again. Um, and, and you did it with a tandem of backs with Travion Henderson um, and Myron Williams. Both of them, neither of them had more than 100 yards rushing, but their statistics are virtually the same. Um, Henderson, 15 carries, 91 yards. Williams, 14 carries, 84 yards and a touchdown. You, the fact that you had uh, Henderson really do it in the first half and Williams really do it in the second half makes a one-two punch that we haven't seen in college football in a very, very long time. I understand everybody likes to see more points, but at the end of the day, the, the amount of points that truly matters is do you have more than the team that you're playing? And Ohio State did that, again, by two possessions. They, they, they had a great drive right at the end of the uh, – uh, I want to say it was third quarter going into fourth quarter where they just eight clock scored a touchdown. Notre Dame had no ability to stop uh, Ohio state's running game in that second half. And CJ Stroud did enough passing the ball in order to keep the game going. So first game out of the season, you play uh, the number five team in the nation with a brand new defensive coordinator um, and you lose, you know, a, a, a first round draft pick, a wide receiver mid game. I 21 points in a win. Hey man, that's, I, that's a big W for me. I'd be happy if I was a Buckeye fan. Um, you know, when, when push comes down to shove, because this is an Ohio state team who had an extremely explosive offense last year and got smothered by Michigan. Right. So now that their offensive line has gotten better, um, or at least shown so in the first week and their wide receiver core is still great. Your linebacker core is still really solid, especially when you got to play some of the halfbacks, some of the guys um, who are going to be coming out of Michigan, Michigan state, Penn state, um, it, it, it's, it, I think it looks really solid for Ohio State because you know that offense is going to click at some point. We're not talking about Iowa here. You know the offense is going to click at some point, and they're going to be good. They're going to put up 49, 50-plus points on somebody in conference this, this year. I just, for God's sakes, hope it's not Wisconsin. <laughs> so we will uh, boogie on down to the Chick-fil-A kickoff game where number 11 Oregon – uh, led by their new head coach, uh, uh, Dan Landing, I believe is his name, if I remember yep. correctly. Um, defense, defensive coordinator last year for Georgia. Georgia for yep. Georgia, got to play against his old team. Stetson Bennett coming back. Georgia lost how many guys in the first, second, third, and all the other rounds of the NFL draft? And Georgia comes out and just wallops them, 49-3. to Prior to recording, Mitch, uh, you kind of talked about your notes on the game. What were your thoughts on Oregon versus yeah. Georgia? Yeah, Um I'll eat my vegetables and start with the Oregon, even though Georgia's more flashy. Um, <clears throat> I thought Bo Nix was okay when he was being that game manager and not always looking for the, the big play um, or trying to be a playmaker. I feel like that's where he was making those mistakes, like with the uh, interception across the middle. But when he was, like, making the check down, playing within, going to the intended wide receiver, I thought he did a decent job. Um and then the Oregon offensive line, I thought, made a lot of mental mistakes. There was a, a lot of false starts. There was a crucial miss blocked uh, in that first quarter. Um, a little worried about that, but it could have just been to the noise and the atmosphere of uh, playing against the national championship in Georgia, basically a home game. Um, yeah. But, man, that defense was not what I expected. Um, I feel like the playmakers that they had, Justin Flo, uh, uh, Sewell, 
Um, the kid from Colorado that they got from the transfer portal, Christian Gonzalez, really didn't uh, play up to expectations that I thought didn't show why they were considered to be really top prospects in this upcoming draft. And the tackling was lackluster, man, especially on that Darnell Washington catch where he was just making people slide off him. It was, it was really worrisome, um, especially when you have a guy like Dan Lanning, who was the defensive coordinator for you know, one of the best offense our defenses uh, last year enough to win a national championship there. So there's a lot to be, con- be concerned with uh, Oregon, and they definitely did not deserve uh, that um, 11 spot. But Georgia, I was really impressed. Uh, it, it, they're kind of like Wisconsin where they just have a running back that just comes in every year. Kenny McIntosh, I feel like, this is going to fill that James Cook uh, void really well for them. Uh, like I already talked about, Darnell Washington, I, th- I feel like just gets forgotten because he's behind Brock Powers, but he's very underrated weapon for them. Um, Stenson Bennett, I was really impressed with because last year we kind of talked about it. He was a game manager. We talked about, uh, you know, how he wasn't the reason why they won the national championship. But I thought I thought he took a step in his progression, was actually had a great game, um, really on par with the, the more familiar names like uh, Bryce Young and like CJ Stroud kind of like talent, um, at least in this game. Jim Carden played up to expectations, I think, especially when he just chucked that offensive guard and made him look little. It was crazy. Um, and that secondary, man, they were just getting interceptions, hitting hard. Um, this defense, even though they've lost a lot of talent, is still just as scary as last year. Um, and then shout out for uh, Lad McConkey coming out of nowhere to be a uh, playmaker for them and help fill that uh, George Pickens uh, void. Um, but the, I feel like the statistic that really uh, I like from George is they were able to convert nine out of ten times on third down. And if they can do that against the number 11 team, watch out. They just might repeat. There. Skyler, thoughts on the game? Actually, I, the Georgia is, is my consensus number one team. Um because when you're able to put 49 points on Oregon, and again, like we know structurally and schematically that this is going to be a good defensive Oregon team because it is Georgia's defense from the year before. Like that's what it is. It doesn't have the same players. It doesn't have the 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 number one overall recruiting classes. Like there are some reasons why it's not nearly as good. But when Georgia puts up 49 points on the 11th team in the 11th ranked team in the country and Alabama puts up 55 points on a Utah state team which again in the past hasn't been a bad team but it's not 11th ranked in the country it's not an Oregon team that's has uh has had a history of winning winning and winning and whose head coach left for a different job now he got he didn't get fired nothing like that left for a different job um I George's defense is is great. Malachi Starks, um, I think is his name. Nope. Um, the uh, freshman defensive back looked amazing. Not only did he have that amazing interception, um, Odell Beckham Jr. O- o- OBJ style, but he also led the team in tackles, uh, in the game. I, I love a defensive back that's willing to go up and 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 hit. I love it. Um, Stetson Bennett is now a Heisman dark horse. Um, by most people for for a couple of people and for some people he's already in the top five um like this is a georgia team that's going to be dominant oregon needs i need to see how oregon uh responds going into next week uh how does bo nicks respond to things like that um 
this is the number one team in the country until someone tells me otherwise or until someone proves to me otherwise. No, fair. I mean, you guys hit it all on the uh, on the head. Uh, Bo Nix is trash. Um, uh, I, I mean, the the Oregon defense was was just completely overmatched, and the Oregon offense. The only kind of shining bright light for the Oregon offense is they actually didn't give up a sack. Um, now, granted, you know they, they didn't get a sack either on defense, um, but Georgia has shown a really solid ability to reload. Um, and, and McConkie might just be George's version of Hunter Renfro um, when this is all said and done. Um, so we got a few other games that we got to cover here, but we'll just take them. Uh, y'all pick one of the games, Cincinnati versus Arkansas, Utah versus Florida, or any of the other games that were, were uh, happening across the, the college football world. Uh, uh, backyard brawl, West Virginia versus Pitt. You had the two younger siblings in the Carolinas, East Carolina and App State, take North Carolina and North Carolina State to the to the last few minutes. Uh, Florida State LSU goes to a, just a crazy ending. Um, so taking a look at the rest of the college football world, Mitch, we'll, we'll kick it off with you. What other game kind of stood out to you? What Anything else you want to talk about in terms of the college football uh, we can review? Yeah, I just wanted to highlight two players that kind of surprised me and really impressed with me. Um, I'll start with uh, – you know, Division One first uh, with a younger brother of Luke Make Drake Mate, uh, the now starting quarterback for North Carolina, is surprisingly leading the country in uh, passing yards and passing touchdowns. So it looks like they might have something after losing Sam Howell. So I think that'll be an interesting guy to see how his career progresses. He's really impressed me so far. Um, <clears throat> and then I wanted to give a shout out to Jackson State's quarterback Shador Sanders, uh, son of Deion Sanders who had an amazing game for them, uh, 29 of, for 33, 323 passing yards and five touchdowns. Um, I know we don't normally talk about HBCU schools, but I wanted to give a, you know, obviously a shout out for a hell of a game that he played. Uh, Skyler, uh, your thoughts. Uh, uh, so my games were Cincinnati, Arkansas, Utah, Florida. Uh, Florida deserved, like, after that performance is rightfully where they need to be in the AP rankings. Um, played a hell of a game against a, a great Utah team. Met them at their at their level in terms of physicality, um, and is is good. Um, I I it's still gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough uh season. How they go? Utah should be fine. Um, if Florida keeps playing the way that they were playing against Utah, and Utah keeps playing like just good, um. They're still going to be a top ten team, but uh, I think Pac twelve, a Pac twelve team being in the in the college football playoff is probably gone now, unless USC does what um Mitch thinks they can do, um it makes it, um, uh, uh Cincinnati and Arkansas, um Cincinnati played honestly better than I thought they were going to, and I had them winning, um. But uh, I think I think the highlight of that game, honestly, is uh, Jefferson, uh, KJ Jefferson for Arkansas. The guy uh, went off. Um, he 18 for 26 passing with three touchdowns, 223 yards. And that's and then 18 carries on the ground, uh, 16, 62 yards and a touchdown. Um, a lot of people were saying that he has the same kind of effect as Cam Newton did on that Um national championship um, Auburn team in terms of what he does for uh, what 
what effect he has for the team. Not that he's as good as Cam Newton, but that he has a similar effect in that how he unifying and leadership presence uh, for this team. So he's going to be someone that you need to look out, especially as we get later into the season. Um, and we're seeing how the SEC East and West are to play out. Florida and Arkansas are, are going to start some, hopefully will start cementing themselves. And then my last point is uh, I've been known to think that uh, Brennan Armstrong will be a Heisman contender um, as a quarterback. Uh, he won't be a Heisman contender as a quarterback. He'll be a Heisman contender as a freaking running back after that. Uh, what was it? 64-yard run against Rich- a touchdown. Yeah, against Richmond. Look at that. Dual threat. Running back. Best running back in the ACC. Um, and he's a white boy. Proud of you, bud. Um, so I'll keep my other two games squarely in the ACC here. First off, I'll start Clemson versus Georgia Tech. Now, it's a 41-10 to 10 win by Clemson. I sat down and I watched that entire game. Clemson's offense looks as bad year two um, as it did year one. It, it, complete inability to run the ball. Offensive line looked bad. Uwanga Lele, I can't tell if it's that he doesn't know the offense or they don't actually trust him to run the offense. Um, and the Clemson defense didn't look as stout as it normally does. With with as many first-round picks are going to be sprinkled with in that defense, did not look as dominant. I'll also say, keep an eye out for Jeff Sims, the quarterback out of Georgia Tech. I really like that kid a lot. Um, I thought he played absolutely fantastic. And if Georgia Tech just knew anything about time management, the game would have been a lot closer than that. But – it's got to be Florida State LSU. We talked about uh, Brian Kelly probably went from having the safest job security in college football at Notre Dame to throwing that out the door to go to LSU. Two muffed punts. Florida State fumbles the game away with a uh, 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 a goal line pitch play for some fucking reason. LSU drives it the length of the field. Only offense they really had the entire game. Score a touchdown with one second left because of some weird – just an, an insane uh, second-to-last play. Um, and then the, uh, the extra point is blocked. They end up losing the game. Mike Norvell has Florida State moving in the right direction. And, and Miami is the talk of the town right now at the ACC. Virginia is up there. You've got North Carolina State, who's supposed to be up there as well. But I'm, keep an eye out on the Seminoles, you guys. I, I think everything's starting to work the right way. Ontara Wilson, for them, is a really solid young wide receiver. Uh, uh, I think he's a senior, actually, uh, who's taken his lumps and, and at Florida State. He, he produced really well against LSU. Um, their offensive line, I thought, played pretty solid, and their defense was able to, to get stops when necessary um, to, to do a lot of really good things. Momentum starting to change there at Florida State and Tallahassee. And uh, I think Florida State's going to be back to, to where they were maybe a lot quicker than some of those other ACC programs that we've been keeping an eye on. Um, so uh, let's move on to our week two predictions. We'll start off uh, with Skyler's team, Georgia Southern versus Nebraska. I'm picking Nebraska solely because it's against Georgia Southern. Um, uh, so that's all my talking points on the situation. But Skyler, Georgia Southern versus Nebraska, who you take? I'm saying Nebraska. Um, I honestly do think that we can win this game. Special teams is coming together. Anthony Grant is probably one of the better Nebraska running backs Nebraska's had uh, since probably Divine Ozigbo at least, maybe Amir Abdullah before him. Um, and this is again two games. Let's. I'm I'm gonna pump the brake a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Hopefully they continue to play well. I'm uh, I'm going to be looking to see how the offensive line plays. I'm going to be looking to see how the defense plays, and hopefully we get out to a quicker start than we did against North Dakota. But Nebraska. 
second one. Mitch, who do you take? I want to take Nebraska, but if I do that, then we all pick Nebraska, and that could be bad juju for them. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we all picked other... them. We all picked them last week, and they won. So we're one okay. and one, and we all picked Nebraska. Oh man, yeah. I guess if we're one and one, I'll go with Nebraska. Um, basically, just kind of the reasons for Skyler said Jordan Southern rush defense. I don't think is going to be able to keep up with Anthony Grant's force. Uh, so far, has 290 yards, is averaging almost seven yards a carry. I, I think he's like top five in like every rushing category so far. So um, he's he does looking... have an extra game on everyone. So yeah, that, you do have to take that into account. <laughs> so he, when you watch the games, he looks great. Um, I'm definitely a little bit scared to play against him. So I think he'll he'll it'll be like a Wisconsin performance, and Anthony Grant will lead them to a victory over Georgia Southern. So we're in agreement there. Let's head over to Washington State versus Wisconsin when the Cougars take the field against the Badgers. Badgers favored by 17 and a half points at home. But keep an eye out for Cameron Ward, the Washington State quarterback, the Illinois, or sorry, the incarnate Wood transfer, who in two years uh, at that level, 71 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He's going to try to get the uh, Cougs to steal a game against the ranked Badgers in Wisconsin. Mitch, we'll kick it off with you. Wazoo versus Whiskey, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Cameron Ward is a very talented guy. A lot of people have compared him to being this year's Malik Willis. Um, in week one, he put up 215 yards, three touchdowns, completed 63% of his passes. Um, definitely a little worrisome for me because like Brady talked about when we talked about the Wisconsin game, uh, the secondary did not look as sharp as they did. Uh, they gave up about eight yards per attempt against an Illinois State team. And Cameron Ward's a lot more talented than the quarterback that Illinois State does and has better weapons. So I think Wisconsin should win. But if the Wisconsin cornerbacks don't step up, this could be a trap game. Yeah, I'm going to take whiskey too. Or, yeah, Wisconsin, sorry. Um, I I mean, Washington State only won by a touchdown over Idaho uh, last week. Um, they – uh, I will say, though, I'll be interested to see how that rush defense for Washington State, who only allowed 62 yards against Idaho in a close game, goes up against, uh, you know, the 221-yard rushing uh, Wisconsin Badgers. Um, and, I and yeah, if, if the defensive backs for Wisconsin uh, start creeping or start getting a little too safe, it's going to – it's it's going to be close uh, – closer than probably we want. I, I will say I, I would take uh, – I would take the under on this game, but I would also take uh, uh, Washington State to cover. I don't think it's they're going to win by seven. I don't think Wisconsin's going to win by 17. No, I absolutely agree. I'm going to take Wisconsin, though it pains me to actually say that um, with any football game. Jim Leonard's going to have to dial up some interesting pressures. Uh, pass rush was not as dominant as it had been in previous years. Part of that is because they don't, you know, you don't have guys like Leo Chanel in there um, anymore. Herbig, I uh, played a great game, but uh, he's going to have to get interesting with his coverages and with his blitzes to keep this, keep this uh, a close game. What I'm going to say though, is that the, the onus of this game is going to come down to the Washington state defense. Um, Wisconsin showed an ability to get rhythm and get their guys into space who are able to make plays. Um, Washington state is going to need to actually be the team who's going to need to get stops. I think a little bit more than Wisconsin is um, just because of how, finicky Washington State has kind of proven to be in previous years. So we're going to go three for three, picking the Badgers 
Let's head on down. Texas takes on another SEC team for the second time in like three or four years uh, when they play Alabama in DKR Stadium. Now, the Bama band won't be there, but Bryce Young, Nick Saban, and the rest of that crew will be at DKR Stadium. Bama is a 20-point favorite, and that's a line that has only increased the closer we've gotten to the game. Bryce Young versus Quinn Ewers. Mitch, Texas Bama, who are you taking? I'm going to go with Alabama, even though I've been pretty high in Texas. Uh, there's just a couple of reasons. I mean, Will Anderson Jr., I don't know how that Texas offensive line is going to be able to stop him. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And Quinn Ewers, I mean, this is only his second game in college, even though it's his second year. And he's going against a very experienced secondary and a very talented one at that. So this will probably be his biggest test of the year. And I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, get what needs to be done for them to win. Um, I don't know if they will cover. I I think it is I think the biggest it'll get is like a two score win for Alabama. Interesting, Skyler, Tide, Longhorns. Who you taking? Oh, I I've, I made it very clear on on my opinions on on what happens when Bama and, and uh, Ohio State are are on. So I'm taking horns. Horn, I hate uh, horns up. Ah, okay, my arm's dead now. Um, so uh, I'm gonna take it because there were times, even though they did win 55 to zero, um, against Utah State, there were times where that Alabama offensive line still didn't look the best. There were Utah was able to get some pressures. I don't think they ever got a sack, but it, it was uh Bryce Young didn't look comfortable at least. Um, Texas is gonna be a completely different beast. I I don't think Bama's going to do to Texas what Georgia did to Oregon. Um, and cause I'm sorry, they only allowed 136 yards. That's not going to happen. This is DKR stadium. This is in Texas. Um, I, I, that, and I hate Bama. So go Texas. Ugh. A couple years ago, we watched Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers walk in and, and absolutely annihilate Texas. Um, you know, DV did. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was a closer game than that, but in reality, it was never in contest. Um, you know, DBU was finally settled. I'm taking the tide in this one. Um, I, I'm i never going to root for the Texas Longhorns. I don't think they ever have a chance at anything. Um, and I just oh, yeah, didn't, I didn't love out. Steve Sarkeesian's comments when asked about the game uh, itself. I'm going to take Bama, Brace Young, Will Anderson, um, and the playmakers that the, the tide have are going to be too much for the Steve Sarkeesian core. And let's keep in mind, until uh, he did it in the national championship, Nick Saban had not lost to one of his assistants or previous assistants in a very long time. It does not happen very often. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to bode any better for uh, the Longhorns. And I think Quinn Ewers is going to be running for his life, so long as he makes sure that his car doesn't get towed this time. Um, that was pretty fucking funny. We'll <laughs> hop on over to maybe one of the more intriguing ranked matchups that we have early season here, Baylor versus BYU. Number nine, Baylor taking on number 21 ranked BYU, uh, these teams dominated in their respective wins. BYU beating South Florida, Baylor beating Albany there. Mitch, uh, Dave Aranda and the Bears taking on the Cougs of uh, BYU in the beautiful uh, scenic stadium of Provo, or, uh, uh, Provo, Utah, I think, actually. Yes. Uh, who are you taking, Cougs uh, or uh, Bears? I'll go with Bears. Um, I think it'll be an interesting quarterback matchup. Jaron Hall's uh... – very talented guy going against Blake Shippen, who I think has shown he can command the offense. And just pairing that with the rain, the defense, it's hard to bet it bet against Baylor. Skyler? Uh, I'm going to bet against Baylor. Um, I'm taking BYU. I'm taking the Mormons to win. 
in Provo uh, at Edwards Stadium. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at that defense. Uh, defense defensively, they're pretty similar. Um, and I I I honestly think in order for Baylor to beat BYU, then you're gonna need to throw the ball. And I can't I don't trust Blake Shipping that much yet. Um, so that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see how Baylor goes up against the BYU rushing attack because they have a pair of backs that are going to do um that can do a lot of damage. Um BYU is honestly I think they're this year Cincinnati. I think that they can do a lot of damage and a lot of people are sleeping on them. I'm taking BYU. I'm actually going to agree with Skyler and I'm going to take the Cougs in this one. This feels like a this feels like a Cougs uh <clears throat> underdog win. They get it at home. Um you know, basking in the lights of Mormon glory. Um and Baylor's a very good team. Um, I but Baylor lost a lot of key pieces on that defense from last year. Jalen Petrie among them, who we talked about um, in a couple of different episodes here. Um, and I just I love the rushing attack that BYU's coming in. I think they're an extremely balanced football team who hung up 38 unanswered against uh, South Florida before the backups came in and it kind of got spoiled there. Um, definitely played <coughs> excuse me better competition week one than Baylor did. I'm going to take the Cougs to win that game as well. We'll boogie on over to the Pac-12 now where we've got USC taking on Stanford. Stanford's won four of their last five games when played at the farm there and uh, at Stanford game is at Stanford. However, uh, Cardinals haven't been as dominant recent years as they had been. USC now led by Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley. Mitch, Trojans versus Cardinal. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm really tempted to take Stanford because I feel like Tanner McKee is a really slept on guy, kind of like Davis Mills was uh, a couple of years ago. And with uh, E.J. Smith, son of Emmett Smith, uh, getting his turn of being the running back, showing the talent, I definitely think they can do it. But it just comes down to – I just I just think USC is just more talented with Lincoln Riley as the play caller, Caleb Williams, and all the weapons that they do have. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a shootout. So you're taking USC? Yep, taking the Trojans. Skyler, Trojans, Cardinal, who are you taking? I'm taking Trojans. I like what I'm seeing out of USC. Um, they kind of didn't really miss a step between Williams and Riley in terms of what the offense is going to be able to do. Um, I do think Stanford's going to put up more of a test than they played last week. But um, as of right now, I'm not betting against the Trojans. I will bet against the Trojans. I'm going Cardinal. David Shaw is one of my favorite coaches who's ever coached uh, college football. I think he's he's a, a, a wholly untalked about football coach for the amount of success that he has. Um, and the amount of first-round picks this dude has been able to crank out. Um, we talked about everybody from Richard Sherman to Andrew Luck to Christian McCaffrey. All of these guys recruited, um, played well at Stanford, all because of David Shaw. Um, I, I, I And listen, I just – I really fucking hate Lincoln Riley, and I really hate the USC Trojans. So I'm going to take the Cardinal to win um, in Stanford. We'll head on down south now where we will watch a, a, a really, really fantastic game on paper here. We're going to get number 17 Pitt. Sorry, it's actually played in Pitt. I apologize. Number 17 Pitt hosting number 24 Tennessee as the Volunteers look to voluntold the Pittsburgh Panthers. And it's their time uh, now. Tennessee versus Pitt. Mitch, who are you taking? I'm going with Pitt, man. I like the grit that they showed uh, last week in their win. Um, I think Keaton Salvas was all right. I I think they're going to keep this uh, momentum going for them. So I'm going to have uh, Pitt beating Tennessee. Yeah, I'm uh, also going to take Pitt over Tennessee. Um, I think West Virginia is honestly uh, – well, I don't think it's much to say that West Virginia is better than Ball State. Um, 
but uh, that showdown was amazing. I really liked what I saw. Slovis played actually pretty well. Um, I think that if that offensive line can hold up for Pitt, they'll be in good. They'll be in a good position because they did rebound well um, against West Virginia uh, and was able to get more of control in that game. Um, uh, Hammond Jr. I loved what the kid was able to do on 16 carries. Um, he was it, it definitely reminded me of uh, who was that running back from Boise State that played for Tampa Bay for a little bit. Muscle hamster? Muscle Doug hamster. Martin. Doug Martin. Doug Martin. Yeah. Remind no, me a little muscle bit. Muscle hamster. Muscle <laughs> No. Um, remind me a little bit of that. I like that these uh spread the ball a lot, that they were using what that they could. Um stood up their defense. Uh, even though it lit up 31 points, I think that they were able to uh do some good things. Um, I do think Tennessee's favored. I do think that people are are picking Tennessee. Um, but it's easy to do that when you have when you're playing ball state week one. Um and we can't see much of the holes. Uh, they still only rush for 74 yards, and I feel like in order to beat Pitt, you're going to have to throw the ball um, or at least have a more uh, balanced uh, – uh, sorry. Yes, he ran for 218 yards. Yeah, no, sorry. I was looking at yards allowed. Sorry. Um, yeah, they're going to have to have a more uh, – uh, the balanced attack is going to be – I need to rethink now because um, that was always uh, – Pitt – you're going to need to throw the ball in or to in order to beat Pitt. They threw for 351 yards against a Ball State defense. Can they do the same thing against a Pitt defense? I don't think so, um, but it'll be interesting to see. Any more words, Elite Corso, gentlemen? I'm going to say not so fast, and I'm going to pick the Volunteers to win this football game. Um, Tennessee's balanced attack, I think, is yeah, that combination of um, small and right in the backfield and some of the wide receivers they have. Hendon Hooker doesn't get enough credit for the work he's done at Tennessee. Um, I, the volunteers are moving in the right direction. I wasn't impressed with the Pittsburgh defense. I wasn't impressed with the Pittsburgh rushing attack. I thought they abandoned the running game way too early in the game for favor of that air rate style offense. Um, and, and I just, I like Tennessee's defense in this. I think they've got tons of recruits who are going to do very well in that game. Pittsburgh's offensive line, which is was one of their strengths, didn't look fantastic against West Virginia, especially early on. This is going to be a game that's going to be set early on and, and it's going to be up to one team to uh, react and recover from it. I'm going to take the Tennessee uh, volunteers to, to pull off the upset in Pittsburgh there. So those are our picks. That's our college football weekend review and look ahead. We are uh, going to be doing our NFL pick which is next and our uh, fantasy draft, a bonus episode. We're finally getting around to draft time. Professional football starts exactly tomorrow in 24 hours. We'll be watching professional football when the Bills take on the Rams. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Email us your thoughts at fourthstringsp at gmail.com, F-O-U-R-T-H string, S-P at gmail.com. Have a fantastic night.